and in fact, we just did a, a separate study here where we just we just asked uh, roughly 500 residential contractors about some of the the purchases that they've made and if they've tried new brands um, just over the last two months. And over 60% said they've tried a new brand yep. in the last two months. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey everyone, it's Mark, and with me today on my podcast is is Grant Farnsworth. Uh, Grant, you will remember he was on about two months ago. Uh, he's with the Farnsworth Group. They are a uh, marketing research uh, organization, and when COVID hit, uh, they were inspired to uh, do some work in our segment and share that work publicly. Normally, uh, you know, a company like that, somebody in our industry, Benjamin Moore or or Rustolium or whoever would be interested in uh, information on this channel and they would go to the Farnsworth group and they would write them a check and they would get this information and it would be shared only with the company that had bought the information. But the Farnsworth group uh, saw what was going on and saw the changes that were happening in the market and, and felt like uh, that this was a significant enough economic event uh, that the information that, that they were going to generate should be made public for everybody uh, to help them understand uh, what's going on in their stores, if they're contractors, whatever is the case, even for the manufacturers. And, and so I really appreciate the work that they're doing in addition to being free it's really terrific work. And so I encourage you to go to their website. I have nothing to do with the company. I'm not a paid ambassador of the Farnsworth Group. We have no connections at all in that regard, but they're doing great work. And, and, and if you give them a follow, I think you'll learn uh, a lot about your businesses. And so the work that they're doing is is broken up into basically two categories, similar to uh, what's happening in your store. There's the DIY survey and there's the contractor surveys. And these surveys have been updated weekly since the coronavirus outbreak began. I guess that would be about 12 or 15 weeks ago. And now that we're into perhaps more of a mature phase of the coronavirus outbreak, they're, they're changed that and they're starting to uh, uh, do these updates on a monthly basis. But the information that they're getting is really, really terrific. It, it gives you a deep dive and a deeper understanding into some things that you're probably seeing happening in your stores, but you may not uh, have a view, have a perspective from your one or two or five stores that they would have on a nationwide survey. And so you're seeing things but you might not necessarily notice them as trends because sort of the forest for the trees sort of problem. And so Grant pulls us back and he shares with us what's going on sort of nationwide, uh, not just in our segment, but just in home improvements in general. And so he's got a lot of really great information. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the points that he makes uh, that he shares during the uh, the episode really gave me uh, a good understanding of of why DIY uh, retailers around the United States, paint retailers around the United States, are so busy right now, and they definitely are. Uh, and he also talked a little bit about in his conversations about the contractor side. He talked a little bit about the the 
real changes and, and what look to be permanent and significant changes in contractor behavior in terms of how they view brands and how they are interacting with the suppliers that they're dealing with. And so you can expect some changes in that category and whether or not you're seeing those changes now because your stores have been functioning and open all of this time or whether or not your stores are just reopening coming out of uh, the coronavirus like we are here on the East Coast in the United States or at least particularly in New York Metro. Uh, as we come out of this, I think that uh, stores are gonna find very different behaviors from a lot of their contractors and a lot of their professional users. They're gonna be more inclined to a, to look for an online experience and that experience will be more the brand that they're looking for rather than sort of the traditional experience of looking for the brand and I'll go seek it out. And so give a listen to Grant. He gives some really fabulous uh, insights. Uh, take a look. I think there's a link uh, depending on where you downloaded this. There'll be a link somewhere uh, in there depending on what service you use to listen to this and take a look at some of their data it's free and uh, they really have done a terrific job so thanks for listening and in enjoy your time with grant hey everyone thanks for joining me today uh, this is mark and i'm here with grant farnsworth grant uh, you will recall he was on my uh, podcast once before grant is from the farnsworth group there in indianapolis and they are a marketing research group grant how are you today Doing well, Mark. How are you? I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you. It's As I'm filming this, it is Friday at 2.30 here on the East Coast. And so this is it, Grant. My day is done with you. <laughs> it's It's been a very long week. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to to you keeping everything brief, explaining everything nice and <laughs> nice and tight. And let's wrap this up in about three get, minutes, if you don't mind. That's right. Get you going. I All could right, get on to my weekend. So yeah. why don't you remind uh, why don't you remind my listeners a little bit about what the Farnsworth Group is doing? Because I I fell on you guys for a very specific reason. I didn't just pick you out of the phone book. What is yeah, it that sure. you guys are up to? Yeah, so the Farnsworth Group uh, we are a custom market research firm, and what that means is we design products that are real specific to our 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 clients' needs and questions, typically around brand, customer, product, and and uh, overall market size. Um, while everything we do for our clients is custom and focused within the building products home improvement space, we started about three months ago, Mark, a weekly uh, tracker amongst DIYers and contractors to understand project behaviors that are being impacted by COVID. And we've been releasing those results week after week after week, really tracking um, you know, some, some channel activity, channel, uh, tracking mm -hmm. some uh, project behavior activity, um, some intent, on, on doing work um, and starting to see some pretty common trends over these last few weeks and have, have decided to move this now to a monthly tracker going forward for the industry. And so I'm curious, uh, this, what you're talking about now is what I discovered, I guess, on LinkedIn or wherever you had posted it and, yeah. uh, and sort of got me following you and, and introduced me to you guys. Uh, why did you pick this? Uh, to make public in such a way. I, I meant to ask you that the last time and we never got to it because most of your work is done, you know, a company, Pittsburgh Payne or Benjamin Moore calls you and says, I want to learn this and they yep. write you a check and that doesn't really get published. That's just for the executives who paid for it. Exactly, exactly. So why this? You know, yeah, Mark, good question. Um, we've been in business for 30 plus years and we've always been focused in building products uh, and home improvement. For us, this is an important time and topic for the industry. Um, we know a lot of budgets have been cut, but people still need this information. So we saw it 
um, as a way to partner with our colleagues over at the Home Improvement Research Institute um, to bring that group on board in collaboration. Uh, the two of the organizations um, combined some, some resources, both time and financial, um, to be able to, to, to do this and, and what we thought was an important piece for the industry. I mean, and that was really the catalyst to it. We, we all need information right now. And we understand that there are some organizations that just can't afford to get it, um, but they need to have this. And I think this is an important piece as manufacturers and suppliers look at their business going forward to understand some pretty dramatic changes in the market and how customers are behaving that they need to think about going forward. And retailers as well, which is why I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I keep reposting your stuff on LinkedIn and on my uh, blogs because re <laughs> retailers as well, they don't have access to to this sort of information uh, so readily. That's right. And, and so I really appreciate on behalf of everybody who I represent, which is basically me, but I really, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys, you guys putting it out. I, I do think it makes a difference. And so for, for those listening, uh, I'll ask, uh, Grant and I are going to have a conversation about uh, two uh, different surveys and, and the research and the data that comes from them that they have up on their website. I'm going to have links available. You can check uh, on my blog or or someplace uh, perhaps associated with where you're listening to this on, on either Apple or Stitcher or SoundCloud or what have you. And so, it, Grant, if, if as we're talking about this, if you want to reference a specific slide or something, uh, feel free and, and I'll make those links available. Okay, great. So tell me, uh, the last time we spoke was about six weeks ago. Uh, tell me what it is. We'll start with the DIY segment. Tell me what it is that, that we continue to learn uh, through your research about about. Uh, DIY consumer behavior in the post-COVID world? Yeah, I think there's there's really three things that jump out to us as far as what we want to be paying attention to uh, now and at least in the short term. Um, I think anybody, Mark, that is trying to predict what's going to be happening three, five years from now is, um, is making a wild guess. Right. But as we look at, call it the next 30, 60, 90 days, I think we have some pretty good educated um, you know, guesses or predictions on, on what's going to happen. And, and the three things that we're seeing really jump out from our tracker, uh, the first one is being um, you know, budget-related, pricing-related. We are now starting to see almost these two pockets of consumers, those that, that still have everything, which by and large, most homeowners still have their jobs. Um, they still have you know, their investments. Um, they, they actually have more equity in their home today than they did prior to covid um, and they don't have anywhere that they've been spending money right. uh, for the last few months. So their cash position, their savings, uh, their home equity, everything is actually in a better place today than it was just three, four months ago, arguably. So we've got a group that is spending. And what we're seeing is that they're they're willing to trade up. Uh, they're spending more on certain products. They're looking for that best or that premium product. That's OK with them. Then we have this other group of folks that are more concerned, and it's about you know, 25, 30% of DIYers that really aren't engaging as much right now that um, their lead concern, aside from health, is financial, right? That uncertainty of what's going to be happening, whether it's in their, you know, their, their personal life, their job, their home, whatever the case may be. Uh, and those are the folks that are maybe buying the lower price points. Yep. And so what we're starting to see, Mark, when it comes to this pricing and budget discussion is almost this fear from a manufacturing and retailer standpoint of maybe getting stuck in the middle. Hmm. Right. So you've got you got the spenders, I guess, the haves and you've got those that are being a little more uh, price sensitive, which may be the have nots. Both want to do projects. Right. Uh, both are, are, are planning to do projects, but it's how they're going to complete those projects and, and the impact that that maybe your product assortment or pricing 
uh, is going to have on that. So it's a really interesting time. Usually we see, um, you know, the high end or the bottom end go away. We don't really see both kind of, um, you know, fighting at the same time. And it's interesting to me. So I know a lot of, we've talked a little bit about, you know, what I'm doing here and who my market is and, and, for the most part, the people listening to this are independent paint retailers, and the vast majority of them are are Benjamin Moore retailers, and and that is obviously a premium brand. And one of the things yep. that I'm seeing as I'm calling around the country talking to dealers is that segment, the Benjamin Moore retailer, who particularly who uh, specializes in the DIY business. We're going to talk about the contractor business in a little bit. That segment who specializes in the DIY business is doing extremely well. Oh yeah. DIY is going, look, DIY is going gangbusters. Anybody that looks at retail numbers knows that, right? right. If you have a, a heavy exposure to the DIY market, um, we've got clients both on the manufacturing as well as the channel side that are not only having the, you know, some of the you know, best years yep. uh, that they've ever had, but uh, some have reported that the singular best month that their business has had in 50 plus years. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the for, for once, you know, the DIY home improvement market has been a real, real bright spot uh, during a recession without a doubt. Yeah. And so it's interesting to me, this this to me seems like maybe an opportunity for uh, uh, for independent and particularly Benjamin Moore retailers who are already doing very well in that premium end of the market. It sounds to me like you're saying some people that were prob- probably already buying Benjamin Moore paint are looking to trade down. And, and so retailers should consider uh, some less expensive offerings, even in the context of a, of a premium store. We're at least saying be mindful of it. Watch, yep. pay attention. This is a time that you really need to dig into your categories, dig into your customer, because their hierarchy of need has changed in this environment versus just six months or 12 months ago. What we were doing before, the, the marketing messages that we were doing before, maybe the pricing strategy, the, the, the product assortment, um, that may have been a different approach that isn't going to work necessarily as well today. So it's not saying unequivocally, Mark, that yes, there's, there's, there's pricing concern and you need to have a lot of good product. Not saying that is the case across the board. What we are saying is that we are looking at ripples in this tide of those that do have some budget and financial concerns. They may not have had those concerns just six months ago. So how are we addressing that subset of the market um, that we that we haven't had to worry about. Right. And 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 it, that's I think that's excellent advice that you're giving that right now, because of how uncertain this this uh, market is, this economy is that dealers should really be paying attention uh, to trends, to consumer behaviors, even more than they ever have in the past, because right. what's what's going to happen over the next three months, let's say, might have taken two years to happen to consumer behavior in a previous Absolutely. time. Well, and that brings us to a second um, insight that we have on the DIY side, and that is uh, availability. We are seeing some channel shift. We're seeing some brand shift as it relates to availability. In other words, I want some paint. Yeah. That brand either may not be open. That product may be sold out. So I'm going to purchase something else, maybe from somewhere else. And so this availability topic may become even more important as contractors come on board and start buying a product. Uh, The intent from homeowners is still there in the near term. So what's going to happen as more people continue to enter the market, as projects come back on board in larger scale, what happens to availability 
Um, and how does that play a role into their need? And that may be something that we can use to overcome maybe some some price concerns, right? Um, and I think this is this is directly applicable to our personal lives when you think about going to the grocery store. And I've said this a number of times already um, to a lot of our clients and colleagues. But how many brands have you tried over the last three months yep. that you've never touched before simply because you didn't have another option? And one of the things as I'm speaking to retailers, I'm, I'm hearing that the major paint manufacturers have done a really good job of, of keeping the products flowing to their shelves. But some of the sundry items they've really struggled with. And, and when I take a look at a, a typical independent paint retailer, you know, the paint is 60, 65% of their business the sundry items is is the balance and so a very big chunk of their business uh you want to be really yeah. careful right now right because yeah. being out of stock on something in a time where people are so quick to jump online and find it somewhere else is could be dangerous for you that's exactly it and you brought up that online piece and i, and I think that's the third big bullet that we see is, is is big lessons that we need to be aware of right now and that's that channel piece going online we we were already trending there, right, yep. Mark? Um, yep. You know, we, online was certainly a component for research and information, and we were trending there as far as purchases. Not as much in the paint category um, as we might see with power tools or, or others. Right. Um, but there was still a little bit. And what we saw during COVID and what we continue to see are those going online, yep. um, certainly for health regions. Uh, that, that, is, that is first and foremost, you know, the, the concerns of going in store, you know, uh, being around people, et cetera but also some of the availability component. Um, now we're starting to see just, um, you know, the store was closed, right? So think about maybe some of the, 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 the paint dealers that weren't able to be open the way that a Home Depot or Lowe's was able to. And some of so, that may I be mean, coming back to us, by the way, as well, absolutely. right? There's, there's, I read the, earlier today, there's 29 states uh, right now out of the 50 where COVID possibly, you know, could be spiking back again and they could be looking at more closures. And so in those states- absolutely. Right. In those states, yep. uh, uh, e-commerce is going to be a very important piece of this. Well, and I think it's important, too, to look beyond COVID. Right. These are behaviors that we've all learned really, really quick. Some people that just hadn't shopped online, purchased online before, almost had to um, out of necessity. Yep. And in doing so, Mark, they figured out, gosh, this is actually kind of convenient. Holy cow, I can actually just pull up to the curb and they bring it to my trunk. That's pretty cool. So I would start getting out of this. Well, it's only for COVID. It's only for COVID. It's only... I think that's a misnomer. We are going to have a chunk. And you've seen Lowe's release programs. You've seen um, Tractor Supply releasing programs dedicated specifically to online pickup services, yep. et cetera, that are about convenience and leveraging what everyone has figured out in a short period of time. So to think that this is going to go to go away um, anytime soon, I think, I think is, is an illusion. Yeah. These are lessons that we need to hold on to because if we take away our curbside pickup, you better believe your competition probably isn't, and they may hold on to some of those customers. Right. And so can we, I agree with you 100%. And so can we put some numbers to that? Can you share uh, some of the actual uh, data that shows like what percentage of these sales are, are starting online or, or how much of the business has shifted or, or how much you think is it exposed to be shifted? Yeah. So, you know, during the, the, the trackers, we look at the data, you know, at one point, um, you know, we were down to, Oh, call it 
oh gosh, it looks about 35% somewhere thereabouts that have made an online purchase, either delivered to home or picked up in store. Wow. That jumped up to about 55, Wow, almost 60% uh, when we look at um, about middle of of the COVID pandemic. So, I mean, to have a, you know, call it 20, 25 point swing of those buying products online is, is pretty major. And it was even more dramatic with the pros. Right. And we're going to talk about those uh, in a second, because I did see some of that information and I was really surprised that, that the pros are going even uh, more so than, than DIY. But I think I'd, I'd like to make a point here, if you don't mind to the, to the retailers that are listening, right? Uh, uh, One of the things I had a retailer that I was talking to yesterday, Grant, and he was saying, well, he's, he's got an e-commerce platform and he's, you know, very happy with it, but he was up uh, over 30 fold when this whole thing first happened. And now he's up only five fold. And, and so he was using that as a means of, of showing disappointment. What I'm trying to make the point to retailers, <laughs> right, right, you got it. What is, is I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that your shit went from 30X to 5X, but let me, yeah. let me tell you something. 5X is where you wanted to be. And if I'd called you a year ago and said I could make you up five times uh, over what you're doing right now, you'd have signed up for that and then some, right? Sign your soul away. And if you have any issues with only being up five times, go talk to anybody. Right. Anybody in hospitality right now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and so I think what the important thing, the, the, the important takeaway for retailers right here is not so much the exact size of the story, the exact size of the segment that's going to be buying from your stores in, in some sort of e-commerce platform. Don't worry so much if that's going to be 10% of your business or 50. It's going to be a big number and you're not going to want to live without it. And so you need to be, you need to be prepared to go get it. It's opportunity. It's opportunity for sure. And, and again, I think, you know, paint and sundries has always been a low online purchase incidence. Right. Um, so, you know, we've got a low bar to work with. If it was 3% before, um, it may jump to 10% and 12%. And that may seem low to a lot of, well, it's only 10%. Yeah, but that's, that's three times the number of people that's right. maybe shopping than it was just, uh, you know, a year ago. So again, from an opportunity standpoint, if we're looking to gain customers, right, right. We're looking to service customers, um, meet them where they are, understand where they are, understand what they're looking for and how they want it and deliver. And so one of the slides that you had was interesting to me. It, it showed that, uh, that the traffic going into the stores from DIY customers is starting to, uh, I don't know, come back to normal, but starting to yeah. right uh, show signs that it will ultimately come back to normal. But at the same, Absolutely. right. But at the same time, online sales are still continuing to grow. And That's so, right. right. That means, that means that the segment is getting bigger for you. If you want a bigger piece of it, That's actually That's right. market share right there. That is market share. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. So by no means are we saying, nor have we ever said, that in-store is not important for home improvement. Um, do we believe it's going away? Not not the case at all. But we've heard that um, very cliche, trendy word of omni-channel used quite a bit over the last decade. And this is a perfect example right. of what omni-channel means. They are going in-store, but they're also going online. They are now mixing their channel behaviors much more dramatically between the two than they ever have before. So you can either take advantage and leverage these opportunities as another place to meet 
your customer um, or just stay focused and, and hope things go back to the way they were 10 years ago. Yep. And and so I'd, I'd like to spend uh, the rest of our time uh, today talking about the pro uh, COVID cool. tracker. Uh, but before we switch, is there anything that that you feel you obviously know this data much better than I do? Uh, is there anything you feel on the DIY side that that we missed that we should be including here that no, de- dealers no, would want to hear? It's a strong market. Uh, and it looks to be, you know, we, we look at intent as well. So, you know, those that are planning to do projects um, has actually been increasing. Those that have completed projects the prior week has actually been increasing. So we expect at least for the next three, four, five weeks, DIY activity to remain strong, um, the strongest with the younger generation. So, you know, Gen Y is really leading the charge. And that historically is how it's been. Younger the generation, more likely they are to actually do DIY projects. So no big surprises there. Uh, we're just happy to see that the intent is there. Uh, we asked about if they if they are you know spending more or plan to spend more on home improvement projects than they did prior to COVID, and they're saying yes. So a lot of positive signs, not just in a strong DIY market, but it looks like it's additive sales, not pull forward. Yep. Time will tell, but um, data in our 30 years of, of doing research and building products and home improvement would suggest that this is more additive than it is pull forward. And it's going to continue, hopefully, at least for the next you know, month or two. Um, but beyond that, I think it, it, it's anyone's guess as we try to look into our crystal ball. So, and so all good things right now. And, and we've had a, had a real good boom right. for the last few months. And so I think I understand the difference. But just in case I, I don't, could you explain to me what you mean when you say additive versus pull through? And then we can jump over to the pro side. Yeah, sure. Additive being extra sales, extra dollars. Um, pull forward being it's, it's dollars they were planning to spend in uh, August, but they went ahead and did it in, in March because they happened to be home. Right. So I think we ha- we, we're, this, is, this will be a continued debate until we see 2020 close out. Um, is this added sales? Is this increased sales or people just doing all of their fall work? Uh, this spring while they're in lockdown. We think it's, I mean, again, based on the feedback that we're hearing from DIY, based on, um, you know, trends that we've seen in other seasons where we've had good early springs, it would seem that these are added sales dollars as opposed to just, uh, you know, stealing from Peter to to pay Paul. I I tend to agree. I I don't know if I mentioned, I think I might've mentioned it too when we were setting this up. I I just recently put a new patio on my house and and I wasn't planning on it, but but now I'm I'm in a work from home situation and I'm basically stuck here like the rest of America. You know, you, we're not walking out anytime we don't have to anymore. And I'm thinking, geez, I got a nice flat backyard. I might as well use it and I might as well make that like a, a second office for myself and enjoy the house a little bit more if I'm going to be stuck here. I think a lot of people are making those same decisions and they're saying, well, yeah. if, if I'm going to be working here all summer and all winter long, maybe I need new windows because, you know, I'm going to be uncomfortable all day or whatever is their personal decision there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The, the, the nesting phenomena uh, and the impact that it's going to leave on us and how we look at our home and how we make decisions um, is real. Yep. Um, we are seeing, um, as you look at uh, the, you know, the new housing side and we think about um, starts and, and, and that's actually better than what we had expected uh, going into this thing, um, you know, since kind of late April into May and June. Um, you know, that suburban sprawl is starting. So yep. how is this imprint, how is this experience going to play a role in how people view their homes, what they do to their homes, what's important to them in their home is 
is going to be a big topic of conversation. Yep. And and so the other half of this, and I've, I've kept pushing it off so we could so, just sort of handle it all at once. Uh, the DIY side is obviously straightforward. The people that are walking in your store and saying, I'm going to paint my room myself. Uh, yep. What is it that I need? And the, the other piece of our business, which for your typical independent retailer is usually around 50, 60% uh, of their total paint sales is the contractor side. So why yep. don't you share what you're seeing on that side? Yeah, so uh, no surprise, the contractor side of, of our industry has been hit much, much uh, harder than the DIY space. So we've seen across the board uh, high volumes of cancellations or delays in projects, uh, really as it relates to health concerns Right. Um, so I don't think that, that as an industry, we we are shocked to hear that a lot of things got put on pause until we really understand what's happening and, and how to react to it. Um, with that, aside from health concerns, we did start hearing from contractors that homeowners are being a little bit more budget sensitive. So, again, this goes back to what we what we we're hearing with DIYers and this this idea around uncertainty for some not for all, right. uh, for some. So, you know, in some cases, contractors are doing larger projects than before. Um, in a lot of cases, however, they're doing smaller projects. So this this concern amongst homeowners of uncertainty or what you know may come down the road as it relates to finances could have budget implications on projects. Not that projects aren't going to get done, but I may have to make some different decisions to to achieve a lower budget. And that's going to impact the contractor where they go, what they buy as well. And and so that actually lines up very well with some of the research you were talking about from the DIY side, only right. this is expanded, you know, to include labor, obviously, and, and other things as well. Uh, but, but you're basically seeing the same thing. And so that validates a lot of the research that you're seeing. Yeah, There's some yeah, segment of the is... economy that, that has money, uh, maybe owns their home. That could be a big, uh, differentiation, uh, point. Absolutely. Uh, but if, if you own your own home and you've kept your job, you are in a very different circumstance, uh, than somebody who, one of the 40 million who are unfortunately unemployed in the United States right now. Absolutely. That's that's absolutely it. Uh, and the second thing, which we just touched on briefly with your own personal experience is um, some potential project shift. Yeah. So in typical cycles, you know, we see projects uh, shrink um, somewhat dramatically. Um, and you know, certainly as we look at the prior recession, uh, it's oftentimes around you know repair uh, and maintenance. So think about HVAC, roofing, right. Right. Um, you know, those types of projects. What we're starting to see in this cycle and what we may be seeing uh, quite different from others is that because of this nesting idea, uh, people are almost investing more in their homes, uh, investing differently in their homes than they had in prior cycles or even before this. For example, we did talk to uh, the contractors that said, I'm actually seeing more business and better closure rates right now than, than prior to COVID. We said, well, well, what are you doing? What is it? What types of projects? And we heard a lot around um, projects related to health concerns, well-being. Mm. Interesting. Um, are resonating more. So again, here's another area that was picking up steam over the last few years, right? Gaining attention, gaining, um, you know, um, um, you know, outreach and, and, and knowledge from the homeowners, but just got a shot in the arm and is, is top of mind for a lot of people. So there may be projects, whether it's, you know, no VOC paints, um, whether it's, you know, air treatments, water treatments, yep. uh, making sure I'm using materials that don't have glues, et cetera. So the idea that I want to do a project to make my home a safer space, um, that could be something that's much bigger going forward. Outdoor projects, because if I'm going to be home and locked up, then I want to be able to get in my yard and have some. 
Yep. Uh, home entertainment. I mean, go try to find some oh, game yeah. systems right now. I mean, yeah. look, so there's a number of different things that I think are going to be an outcome of us being locked up in our home for months at a time, which, gosh, maybe this happens every five years now. Who yeah, knows, right? yeah. And for sure, even forget every five years. I mean, and just, just from what we look at uh, here in the United States, it's going to be like this for a number of months. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like to say or get into anything at all political, so I'm going to stay away from that. But for sure, it's, it's not going to go away tomorrow, and it could be here for tomorrow to 18 months from tomorrow. So look, wherever look, you fit in there, it's, it's not going away. And so it's you're not going away. Right. You've been working from your home office. The majority of people that are probably going to listen to this have worked from home office. So how about that for a project? I mean, yep. was home office really at the top of many people's list when it comes to home remodeling? It really wasn't. Yep. But I can sure bet you that as we look at data going forward, we're going to see some big opportunities. How does your brand, how does your product, how are you connecting the dots to align with maybe some of these project shifts that are going to be happening in the near term that you maybe weren't thinking about just a year ago? And so let's talk a little bit uh, about the shopping tendencies, right, as consumers uh, of this category of these contractors. And I want to be clear uh, before you go on, you're you're covering the whole home improvement space. So this is not just painting contractors we're talking about. We're talking to painting contractors. We're talking to small and large uh, general contractors. You're probably talking to some lawn and garden contractors. You're getting a little bit of everything in here, right? Hey, it's a free study. You get what you pay right. for. Right? <laughs> right. So there you go. If if you want a study done just for painting contractors, call Grant Farnsworth at. That's right. All right. <laughs> so let's That's talk right. a little bit about uh, about what you're finding about their shopping yeah. patterns. So you, again, no surprise. Uh, people are at home. They're online. Um, we saw with DIYers, you know, a, a bump in online purchase behavior. We saw even more dramatic bump um, with pros not only in online purchase behavior, but in the decline of in-store purchases uh, kind of happened as you expect simultaneously. So uh, when we break that data apart even further, we saw that it was even a greater impact amongst larger contractor firms going online. So at one point with the smaller firms, we saw just over 50% buying product in store uh, versus uh, gosh, a peak of, you know, call it uh, 50% uh, buying online. Uh, right now with the larger firms, those doing, you know, 750,000 or more in annual revenue, it's about a 50-50 split as far as their online activity with their in-store activity. So you want to talk about a channel mix. The larger the firm, the more they are truly blending their in-store and online behaviors. I right. mean, it's, it's quite remarkable. Yep. Quite remarkable. And that makes sense because they have staffs that they're trying to find work for uh, that are currently working from home in many cases. And and so they can at least say, listen, we're not going to purchase in a store anymore. This is your job. Figure this out. You know, you mm-hmm. can't leave, but we still need you to do our purchasing. And so figure yep. this out. And what people are going to say is, well, I can buy online. Yeah. And what we're seeing, too, is, is, is that, it, you know, like DIYers, one of the health is still at the top for a lot of this stuff. It's yep. still about health concerns. And again, that's not going to go away. When we start going below the surface of health issues, um, we did see availability start to creep up over the last few weeks um, as a reason for going online. Right. Um, and in fact, we just did a, a separate study here where we just, we just asked uh, roughly 500 residential contractors 
about some of the the purchases that they've made and if they've tried new brands um, just over the last two months. And over 60% said they've tried a new brand yep. in the last two months. That... And of those that they had, this is what's crazy, Mark, dig this. Of those that had over, uh, well, just over 70% said their experience with that brand was better right. than their usual brand, and they plan to stick with it. And so that's an enormous is, risk for, for paint retailers, right? It's 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 an enormous opportunity as well. There you go. That's right. how I look at it. This is opportunity. We right. always talk about, I want to steal share. I want to steal share. Yep. And stealing share is much more critical in downturns than in a healthy market. Healthy market, you can have new players come in and everybody wins because there's there's so many customers to pull from. In a down in a down market, it is all about a, a finite number of customers and trying to get access to them. Right. This is opportunity. This is how you steal share. When you have so many that are switching brands, this is how you get them to become loyalists to yours is being the one that's in the right place, the right time, the right way and earning their business. Right. And I think that what causes that is, is that in fact, the brand becomes something different, right? And so uh, if, if in fact, before all of this happened, uh, just put this into paint terms, you know, the dominant brand would have been a, a, a painting contractor looking for Benjamin Moore products. And so that would have been what drove the decision. Where can I get my Benjamin Moore products? And I'm willing to walk into a store. I'm willing to walk into a different store if I can't find them where I originally was and that brand is driving the decision but now i think what you're telling me is the brand of course is still important branding has not gone away but the Absolutely. but the but the the uh what are they called the golden chalice that the customer is actually chasing brand is now second and first on that list uh if if you want to drink from that cup first on that list is going to be some other service that a customer is looking be. for e-commerce or delivery or whatever it may be, Mark, and right. that's where both manufacturers and suppliers alike really need to dig into their customer behaviors right now to understand what is at the top of the list. Yep. I can also tell you that in, in, in a recent survey that we did amongst 500 uh, residential contractors, we asked if they've tried a new online or physical in-store supplier over the last two months, a new one, online or in-store. 45% said yes. Wow. They're shifting brands. They're shifting suppliers. They're 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 doing what they need to do to get what they need, how they want it, when they need it. So it's going to differ by category for paint is going to be different than lawn and garden, maybe right. different than, than, than tools, et cetera. But it's this idea. And that brings me to you know my final point with, with the trades that uh, you know we're, 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 we're trying to communicate, which is the role of the manufacturer, the role of the supplier has changed and should change what you were doing to support the contractor six months, a year ago, maybe for the last five years, should have been and probably was about supporting a high level of volume that those contractors were trying to manage. A good, healthy, fat market where they're turning down jobs and and, and have plenty of money to, to buy whatever they wanted. Okay, yep. This is a different world right now. Yep. We are seeing labor at the bottom of their list and leads closer to the top. I need leads. I need business opportunities. I actually just let go of some guys, so it's no longer about me finding skilled labor. I'm getting rid of them because I don't have enough projects. That is a completely different level of support 
that a manufacturer needs to be aware of and a supplier needs to be aware of than we've been accustomed for the last five years. Right. And so, so what you're saying is that the, the professional user, the professor, the professional consumer may be interested in a different service completely and retailers need to be listening to their customers now more than ever on, on what it is that they are looking for so that they can provide it because what they were doing 90 days ago or 120 days ago, it may still apply, but it may not. Exactly. So you've got to dig because we know there's opportunities. We see in the data when you see half of contractors saying, yeah, I tried a, a new brand for the first time in the last two months. Yeah, I tried a new supplier for the first time in the last couple of months. There is movement happening. So you need to understand why is that movie, movement happening? What's driving that change? How can I, as a business, take advantage of that and make sure I'm meeting those contractors' expectations so that, so that either they aren't leaving me or I'm getting people coming to me? Right. Well, that is really, really terrific information, Grant, and I really appreciate you you guys sharing it with everybody. Uh, uh, we're ready to wrap it up here. Is there anything that you feel like we missed that we want to add here? Uh, no, I just appreciate the opportunity. If anybody has you know questions, uh, you know, certainly reach out to us at the Farnsworth Group. You can go to our website, thefarnsworthgroup.com. Um, also visit uh, our partner in crime with this COVID tracker, which was the Home Improvement Research Institute. You can visit them at HIRI.org. They are a leading source for secondary information on the home improvement industry. So between Heary and the Farnsworth Group, we've got you covered as far as secondary and primary research. Well, terrific. And I will put both of those up uh, when I post this uh, podcast. So I'll, I'll make sure that there are links available. Grant, uh, Grant Farnsworth of the Farnsworth Group, thank you so much for being uh, uh, my guest a second time and updating all this information. It was really valuable and I really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Always good chatting with you. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher. 